0: Got your Bibles open there and we're in Luke in chapter number 17, Luke in chapter number 17. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 11 and ask if you would just to follow along with me, Luke chapter 17, verse number 11, you may remain seated, Father bless now as we open up the word of God and I pray Lord that you will stir something in our hearts, You've been so good to us. Here we are, Lord. We're free. Here we are with Bibles around us, perhaps even in our own lap. Access to the Word of God. We turn on the radio. Hit a few buttons on the phone. We can hear Thy Word. We can read Thy Word. We're surrounded by people who love You and witnessed to us and told us about Your love. Lord, I, we could have been born anywhere at any time. We could have been born in the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages. We could have been born on uh, some uh, remote place in the world that still yet has no copy of the Word of God in their own tongue. And Lord, the abundance of your grace this morning, Lord, ought to make us thankful, ought to make us grateful. And I pray, Lord, that because of this meditation in thy word this morning for a few minutes, that you'd receive praise and honor that's due to you. Not from just us collectively as a body of people gathered for this message, but individually. That the sweet, unique sound of praise that you long for from all of your creation, that you'd enjoy that from each of us as individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke 17 of 11, the Bible says and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him two men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves. Unto the priests. Look at me if you would for just a moment. I begin by explaining that command that the Lord gave them. It's interesting to me that they didn't say Lord please heal us. But they said have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. And that's quite a frame of mind. Mercy is when we ask for that which we deserve to be withheld. Uh, we deserve judgment, dear friends, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, um, and so they, they, they collectively, they, they cried out, these ten lepers, for mercy. And the Lord's response was to go, show thyselves unto the priests. Now Leviticus chapter 14, don't turn to it, outlines what exactly that meant. When a person had the, 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 the disease of leprosy, and, uh, and they were believed to have been healed or to have been cleansed of the leprosy or any inf- infectious skin disease. There was a... Uh, the Jewish people were, by, by mandate from the Lord, uh, they, they were a very clean people. They had uh, sanitary laws. You can read about them in the Bible. They're very frank, uh, but very specific sanitary laws. And, and uh, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's a pretty good statement. And... Uh, but when a person had some kind of infectious disease, they had to determine if, in fact, it was leprosy or not. Or if a person had a disease or infection of some kind and they felt like they were past it or uh, 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 it left their body, they had to go. And uh, it was a, a week-long ritual. And uh, in this ritual, uh, first of all, they, they, uh, they took two birds. And, uh, and one of the birds would be slain, and this blood would be spilt in a basin, also had water in it. And, uh, and they would spill the blood of the bird into the basin. And, uh, and uh, then the, the, the priest would take a piece of cedar wood and he would take a red cord and he would bind hyssop. Now this is not hyssop. This is a weed from North Carolina. Uh, but anyway, but it fit the purpose. <laughs> uh, but he would take the hyssop and he would take the cedar And and, and there's so much imagery in the Bible. So many beautiful pictures of Calvary, of the blood of Jesus Christ, all through your Bible, amen. And here's just another one, amen. How I many of you know a piece of wood that was, uh, 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 would be draped in blood, red, one day, 2,000 years ago, right? Amen. But anyway, and, uh, and by that we're cleansed, hallelujah. But this would be the instrument whereby the priest then would take uh, the hyssop and, 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 and hyssop was common to that area. It was hard to get to. It was, anybody could get hyssop if they wanted to. And anyway, they would dip it into the base of the blood. And uh, they would sprinkle the blood upon the person who had uh, the disease uh, of, of, of the leprosy. Now this started outside the camp. It was a seven-day ritual. And, uh, and when they put the, the blood upon the, the diseased individual, uh, uh, the season of seven days had to pass and it had to be confirmed indeed uh, that they were clean. And they would, uh, before they could go visit their family, they had to go to the temple and there were specific sacrifices that they would make and uh, then the blood would be placed uh, 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 upon the, the feet and upon the hand and upon the head and representing complete and total consecration. Hey, if God saved my soul from hell, he deserves my whole life. Amen. And that was in the beauty, uh, uh, beautiful imagery in that, in that ritual that God gave them. So when God said to these men, there are ten lepers, leprosy was an incurable disease. Leprosy would eat away at the extremities of the hands. Uh, Leprosy would eat away at the ears, the cartilage, the nose, and so forth, and leave a person disfigured. They had to be ostracized from society, from their family. Uh, They had to, uh, typically they'd live together with other lepers, but by law they were bound not to interact with a healthy society. Do you know sin spreads very easily, doesn't it? And leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin. Typically, that leprosy would start up here by the eye or on the hand. A lot of folks, our eyes and our hands get us in trouble, don't they? But anyways, a lot of uh, things typified. But here are these 10 lepers, and Jesus goes, they say, have mercy on us. And and they cry out to him. And and Jesus, uh, he says, go see the priest. And look at verse 14. And it came to pass that as... They went. They were cleansed. Hallelujah! Right there. Amen. Do you know what God did? He responded to their faith. He responded to their faith. Now he didn't say, "I'm going to cleanse you," but he said, uh, "Go see the priest." Now, they knew. They knew what they meant. What that meant. Hey, uh, uh, we're, we're going for inspection. And and so all ten of them, by faith, they went. And the Bible said, "As they." went they were cleansed the disease left their body as they went as they proceeded by faith the Lord Jesus uh, took that disease out of their body and they were cleansed back at verse 14 and when he saw them he said unto them go show yourselves unto the priests it came to pass that as they went they were cleansed verse 15 says and one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet and giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Where were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger." And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to give you some thoughts about the simple word gratitude this morning. Gratitude. You know, gratitude ought not be uncommon, but unfortunately, probably the statistics of Jesus today would probably fit fairly well with the statistics of today. How many, uh, we know this, we know that straight and narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. And few there be it that find it and wide and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there that, that go in there at, the Bible says. And, uh, and uh, yet one of these, one of these lepers that was cleansed was grateful. Let me show you what, uh, 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 some things about gratitude. Verse number 15, I want you to notice it says in one of them, gratitude is exceptional. Gratitude is exceptional. You know a grateful heart will separate you from the crowd. May I say to all of us, but if I could just speak for a moment, particularly to the young people. Young people, you know what would set you apart uh, as you advance in this world? I, 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 just, just being grateful, being thankful, recognizing what folks have done for you and those who've invested in you and those who've cared for you and, and blessed your life and, 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 and being grateful. And pausing to, to be thankful and to express that. That will set you apart. It's sad to me that here the Lord Jesus heals these ten men, and only one of them, only one of them, uh, uh will come back. You see, gratitude is exceptional. That's not all. Look at verse 15, and one of them when he saw. When he saw, I'll tell you something else about gratitude. Gratitude is responsive. Gratitude is responsive. Gratitude pays attention. The Bible said in Psalm 107, the righteous shall see it and rejoice. Talk about the hand of God in that passage. Talk about the goodness of God. And the Bible said, a righteous man will notice it, he will see it. Now, young people, listen to me. Don't you get caught up in this Antichrist. And I said, Antichrist. And all of us, young and old alike, don't get caught up in this Antichrist spirit. Uh, Of this age uh, of pride, which is what got Satan kicked out of heaven in the first place, that says life isn't fair, you've been mistreated, other people have advantages that you don't have, And uh, but we see that spirit on full display as people in a free country don't have their history facts right for one thing don't have their history facts right, but they um, have a hatred for the Jews and they do that in the name of being uh, of equity and what's right. Brother, that's as unjust and ungodly and satanic as any spirit of this age. Amen. But this old world would tell you, life it's not fair, you've been you didn't get treated right, your circumstances at home wasn't right, your dad didn't this, your mama didn't this, this person didn't this, and then you have a right to be mad at the world, you have a right to be disgruntled, you have a right to act like you've been mistreated. Let me tell you something. You want to set yourself apart, young people, listen to me very carefully, and all of us. We ought to be humble, grateful people of God. We are sinners, and the Bible says that. The 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 fearful and the unbelieving and the whoremongers and the adulterers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars and that just got everybody in the room and all liars shall have their part in the the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. The fact of the matter is as sinners we deserve to be in hell right now. You say, "I, I want my just reward. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, sir, God's been Better to us than we deserve, Amen. And that ought to stir something in us and make us a grateful people. Responsive uh, means you pay attention, you look around, and and you see how good you have it. You know, if it, it, I better get off on that anyway. I'm no, not. Let me stay on it for just a minute. People act like they they, they act like uh, that uh, they have some kind of wisdom, you know, some kind of insight. And they're going to they're stand up for people on the other side of the world, and and, and they uh, and they're going to uh, 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 hate on uh, innocent people uh, and, uh, and and stand up uh, for the oppressors. Now, let, me, let me let me help you with something. You know, if you kill little babies, you are the oppressor. If you invade somebody's country and kill innocent people, you are the oppressor. You're not the oppressed. You are the oppressor. Amen and, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, but, but you and I my friend listen we could have been born on the Gaza Strip we, we could have been born in Indonesia we could have been born in Red China we could have been born anywhere we were born here in America amen We're born in America. I don't think we have a perfect justice system. Listen, we're all human beings. We don't treat each other uh, like we always ought to. But can I tell you something? I'll be squished if I'm going to live my life mad at the world uh, that somehow I didn't get Listen, Your life is better off than most people of any age, of any day, in any place. We are blessed of God. Amen. Amen. That ought to be our spirit. Oh, gratitude is exceptional. Gratitude is responsive. Gratitude looks around and says, God, you've been good to me. Now, notice verse 15 again. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. You know, gratitude is not without effort, it's not without effort. (laughs) Those other nine men, I know where they were headed. They were headed to the priest. God blessed their faith and healed them along the way, cleansed them of their leprosy. And they, they wanted to get the priest as quick as they could. They wanted to get that week over with because they had family and they had friends and loved ones and they, can't, they couldn't be reintroduced, uh, reintroduced to society and reintroduced to their family until they had gone through that cleansing period. But one man stopped and realized the goodness of God in his life and he went back. He went back. Before he can go and be reunited with his family, before, and uh, only the Lord knows how long these men had been away from their families and how they longed to be with them. But before they could be reunited with their families, they said, there's something that I've got to do first. I've got to go back and I've got to say thank you. Tell you something else about gratitude. The Bible said in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Let me tell you something about gratitude. Gratitude is vocal. Gratitude is vocal. Gratitude is vocal. Gratitude that is not vocal, that is not expressed in thanksgiving will soon die. Gratitude that is not expressed will soon die. The same is true uh, with love. The same is true with compassion. The same is true with kindness. My dear friend, listen. The Bible tells us in Revelation 4 and verse number 11. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 31, it gives us what our purpose in life is. You and I, the Bible says, were made to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And that means a vocal praise. You say, well, I'm just not, I'm not real vocal. Well, guess what? God gave you a set of lungs, amen? And he gave us, gives us verse after verse. He deserves to be glorified. And this one man with a grateful heart turned back and with his voice glorified God. The Bible says in Psalm 33, 3, sing, unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. Amen. He said in Psalm 42 verse 4 he said when I remember these things I pour out my soul in me. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise. In Psalm 47 1 Oh clap your hands all you people. Shout Unto God with the voice of triumph. In Psalm 81 1, sing aloud uh, unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise uh, unto the God of Jacob. Psalm 98 4, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise. Amen. Uh, Psalm 106 and verse 48, let all the people say, Amen. Let's try it. Let all the people say, Amen. Let's see if we can get 100%. Let all the people say, yeah. Is that the first time you ever did that? <laughs> hey, it feels good. Hey, God is good. Somebody say with me, God is good. Right. Hey, listen. God made us, gave us vocal cords, and he gave us mandates in the Bible. And if we'll stop, and, and you would say, Well, I'm something good happened in my life. I'm going to stop. Let the righteous and see what's happened. Think about who you owe it to and go back and find your place and be vocal and say, God's been good to me. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He lifted me way up high. Hey, listen, God wants to hear you sing. God wants to hear your praise. Over and over again, there's many more examples. Many more examples. Praise is vocal. Gratitude is vocal. If it's not expressed, it will soon die. Somebody says, well, I love so and so. Why don't you express that? Well, I'm just not that way. Why don't you become that way? Amen. You don't don't get married and say, I love you, sweetheart, and if it ever changes, I'll let you know. No. Love ought to be expressed. Amen. Amen. Romans 5, 8 says, God commendeth. means he demonstrated, he showed, he proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, well, the Bible says God loves us. How do a God loves us? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. He showed his love when he gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the cross. But notice this, what he said, verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice. Amen. Can I tell you something? A gratitude is exceptional and responsive and not without effort. It's vocal and it's without shame. It's without shame. Amen. Can I ask you a question? Uh, how many, uh, don't. You don't have to raise your hand. But I wonder how many of you, uh, this week heard somebody uh, speaking up for the world, or speaking up, uh, uh, taking God's name in vain, or, or speaking up uh, 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 for uh, 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 for self. But I wonder how many of us this week have spoken up vocally with a loud voice for the Lord? He's worthy, Amen. He's worthy. He uh, 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 gratitude is without shame. Gratitude breaks through the barrier of timidity. And self-consciousness and the fear of man and gratitude uh, uh, felt in the heart must be given to expression. Thanksgiving, giving of thanks and using your vocal cords out loud to praise the Lord. This is biblical. Here's one man whose heart was grateful. One man who stopped to see what God had done for him. One man who made the effort to go back. And one man said, thank you. And he did it, the Bible said, with a loud voice, amen. He didn't come to Jesus and said, thank you. He said, wow, glory, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, that's in the Greek in there. Uh, Anyway, but he did it with a loud voice, we know that. Hey, listen to me. Uh, We cannot be filled uh, with thoughts of God's goodness and thoughts of man's opinion simultaneously. One must give way to the other. He said, well, I I consider myself a grateful person. Gratitude says, you feel it, say it. The fear of men says you feel it, that's enough. Let me tell you something. Listen, I, I know everybody's got different personalities, but I'm, here's what I'm saying to you this morning. God deserves to be praised from your vocal cords with a loud voice. How many of you say, I'm saved? Say amen. Saved. God, God forgave your sins and your name's in the book of life. Say, say amen. God deserves for you to speak up for him and praise him. Listen, somebody can, can gripe and complain in, 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 in the line at the grocery store, then you ought to be able to say praise the Lord. Somebody takes the Lord's name in vain. Somebody, you know, I don't like any, I don't like any, I don't, any name or title for the Lord being used carelessly. I don't, I don't like it a bit. But there's something special about that name above all names, the one whereby we must be saved. The name Jesus. Next time somebody uses the name Jesus around you as a curse word, just say you know him too. That's my best friend. And I was at a, I was at a years ago. Now, I was at a, a Carolina and Miami basketball game, and uh, we were ahead the whole game to the fourth quarter. And uh, my, uh, my wife had bought this for me. We had nice, good seats there, and there's a man sitting next to me. And we got down. We start. We were ahead the whole game, and we started getting behind in the fourth quarter. And the guy next to me, bless his heart, got frustrated, and uh, and and he started and and, and and he started getting mad. He cursed. Then ah. he took the Lord's name in vain. He used the name of Jesus for a cuss word. Now let me tell you. You, you, why don't you say, why don't you use your mama's name? will not you use your uncle's name? Why Jesus' name? i tell you why, because that's a special name. You young people, listen to me carefully. Don't you fill your head with a bunch of music that was nothing but a bunch of filth and garbage words and curse words and profanity. Don't you fill your head with that, Amen no sir, don't you let anybody do that to the name of Jesus, so there I am at this game this man, he, t- he, he uses the name of Jesus, he uses it as a curse word boy oh, man, my skin's crawling and he does it a second time, stand up Doc he does it a second time and there we are, and then, I mean it was intense the game was intense, I reached over like this, I said sir Jesus is my best friend, please don't use his name that way and he threw his arm at me like he said, I'll say whatever I want to say. I'll say what I want to say. I'm just asked you, sir, politely. Please don't use my Savior's name that way. He said, hey, don't tell me what to do. I'll say whatever I want to say. I said, sir, what's your mama's name? He said, what? I said, what's your mother's name? He said, what do you want my mother's name for? I said, because I want to scream it out here when I get mad. I want to I use your mama's name as a curse word. He said, you ain't going to talk about my mama that way. I said, then don't talk about my best friend that way. This is exactly what he did. This is exactly what he did. He went just like this. I ain't kidding. I think he might have been a Christian. I don't know. But anyway, he didn't swear again. Praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> now, I, listen, I'm just saying, listen, the world is vocal. The world doesn't mind. Listen, we let let the redeemed of the Lord say so, amen. Listen, there's nothing wrong with just going to the grocery. Store. Good morning. God bless you. Oh, thank you, Lord. You find a good deal on, on biscuits. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And you know what you'll find? You'll find there's people around there that say, hey. And you know you'll spot other Christians. You'll have good fellowship at the Walmarts. Amen. Man, you can have have church at Walmart. You can take an offering and have church at Walmart. You say, you use the Lord's name in the right way. Amen. We ought to speak up. Hear this, man. I was without shame. Gratitude that does not find expression in thankfulness will soon die. Gratitude is inhaling. Thanksgiving is exhaling. Amen. Gratitude is what I feel. Thankfulness is what I express. Gratitude is is inward. and, and, And thankfulness praise is outward. Gratitude is realization. Thankfulness is vocalization. Gratitude is contemplative. Thankfulness is expressive. Here's what I'm saying this morning. Listen, uh, yeah, those men, well, I'm sure there's men, uh, they, 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 all 10 of them got healed and and, 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 uh, and, and, and they, they, they're going back like they were told to do and all of a sudden they realize they're, 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 they're cleansed and I'm sure they all said, this is just wonderful. This is great. This is great. Oh, this is I can't wait to tell folks about this. Oh, my goodness, and I'm sure they were nine. And one of them, one of them, one of the ten, they're all talking about, can you believe this? It's amazing. Look at this. And one of them said, yeah, I got to go back and say thank you. I got to go back and express this. Can I tell you something, my dear friend? You may feel something in your heart. Listen to me. God doesn't want just to feel something in your heart, He wants you to do something about it. Amen. How many opportunities have been missed when God's people, through the Holy Spirit's impressions upon our heart, give a gospel track? Ask them about their soul. And you felt a burden and you felt compassion, but you didn't act on it. What happened? The compassion went away. That's what happened. So many people said, well, I love, I have love in my heart. But if love is not expressed, if you don't take the time to go back and express that love and show that love, then love will die. And the, uh, when gratitude, uh, Dr. Bob Jones said, when gratitude dies, on the altar of a man's heart, that man is well nigh hopeless. We are watching a generation on our television screens. We are watching in the evening news a generation of young people being handed the world with opportunities like no other generation before them and they're marching the streets and burning things down and to making demands of society. Let me tell you something. A grateful heart is just the opposite of that. A grateful heart is the one that says God has been better to me than I deserve. Look what else he said here in verse number 16. The Bible said, and he fell down on his face. You know what? I just touched on it, but gratitude comes from a humble heart. Gratitude comes from a humble heart. Gratitude and humility go hand in hand. When he came to say thank you to the Lord, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Nine hearts, Nine hearts were headed off to see the priest. I hope it wasn't this way, but I know human nature. Oftentimes when we experience something good, oftentimes when God has blessed us in some way, oftentimes when society favors us in some way, circumstances are amiable, the ungrateful heart says, well, finally, it's about time. I finally got what I deserved. Someone finally noticed my situation. Someone finally did something about my problem. Someone finally recognized my value. Someone finally did something for me. I, I finally caught a break. Oh yeah. That's an ungrateful heart. But a grateful heart says, as Jacob said in Genesis thirty two, ten, I'm not worthy of the least of his mercies. How many of you again say, God's been good in my life? Say amen. How You understand it's not because of our worthiness? It's because of his goodness, amen. And then he said this, verse 16. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Look at this, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus was between Galilee and Samaria. He was on his way back to Jerusalem. This is close to the crucifixion. He's on his way back to Jerusalem. And so in that region, obviously the Samaritans didn't have anything to do with the Jews. Jews didn't have anything to do with the Samaritans. But if you're a leper, you go where the lepers are. And so here's one of these. The Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe the others were or are not. But here's one man and he's going to break societal norms. <laughs> Can I tell you what gratitude does? Gratitude transcends societal norms. The Bible said he was a Samaritan. Now the Samaritans, when the Assyrians came and took the northern kingdom into uh, captivity, those that were left behind, others were brought in from other nations and they began to mingle with uh, uh, unbelievers and people from all over and the Samaritans are settled in that and so the Jews despise them because of their uh, 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 heritage and they despise the Jews and, uh, and so uh, w- w- for a Samaritan to come back and to bow down at the feet of a Jew and express his gratitude that was against the norm I love uh, the story of Booker T. Washington, great man. He, of course, grew up impoverished, and he had become the president of the Tuskegee Institute. And he was—he he was his well-known, <laughs> remarkable man. And he was walking through. Uh, 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 it was—it was a short distance from his uh, where he lived uh, to the institute, and and he was walking through a well-to-do neighborhood. And uh, a lady saw him walking down the street, Booker T. Washington. Said, uh, would you like to earn a few dollars chopping some wood? He said, sure, ma'am. And he went and chopped the lady's wood and he took it inside stacked it by the fireplace. She gave him a few dollars. On his way out, There was a little servant girl in the house. She said, ma'am, do you know who that was? She said, no. She said, that was Booker T. Washington. Oh, this woman of society of some means was humiliated. The next day, she stood outside his office door waiting to see him. And she said, I'm so sorry. I did not recognize you. I did not know who you were. He said, ma'am, I'm always happy to help a friend. It was my honor. I needed the exercises and you needed the wood. You know what that wealthy lady did? She went back and gathered all her friends together. She told them about this great man and his humility. They showed up a week later at his office and those, those wealthy folks collectively gave tens of thousands of dollars to the Tuskegee Institute. Man, I'm looking for some wood to chop around here. Let me tell you something. You know what gratitude will do? It'll break societal norms. Amen. You listen to me very carefully. Listen. You listen to me very carefully. Anybody tells you because of your heritage or where you were born whatever your life situation that you have a right to be mad at the world. You defy that and you say, oh no, listen to me. If I got what I deserve, I'd be in hell. I'm just glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm on my way to heaven. I'm glad the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I'm glad I'm free. Amen. I'm glad I got food to eat and you be different. You live as a grateful one lives. I'll show you one last thing. Verse 19. What well, was we'll start at verse 17. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now I want you to notice in verse number 19 the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. Now in verse number 14, the Bible says they were cleansed. So this is not cleansing, this is something more. I don't know for sure, I wouldn't stake my salvation on this, maybe Mr. Cook's salvation, but not mine. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there wasn't even something added physically. I believe that the disease left their bodies, they were cleansed of the disease. But maybe, maybe it was sort of like Naaman. <laughs> when Naaman came out of that water that seventh time, his skin was like a baby. Maybe he was whole in the sense that physically, he wasn't just the disease left his body, God put everything back. Yeah. I don't know. But I do believe this with all my heart that, that wholeness in the New Testament, I pray God, your whole body, soul, and spirit. Be preserved blameless. I think God did something extra for him physically. That's just my opinion. But I know for sure God did something in his soul. That's right. yeah, and that man that day, his eternal destination changed. You touched on it at the end of your Sunday school lesson. The most ungrateful thing a man could do is to leave the gift of God unwrapped. The most ungrateful act a person could ever commit is an act of negligence. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wages is what you earn. A gift is paid for by someone else. When I sin, I bring upon myself the consequences of my sin and I deserve that. Wages makes that clear. The wages of sin is death. I deserve death because I'm a sinner. But in contrast, the gift of God it's not a wage, it's a gift that's paid for by someone else. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad that salvation isn't something that I earn. How would I ever know? How could I ever know as First John five thirteen says? How could I ever know that I have eternal life? How could I ever know that I've done enough? How could I ever know that I've repented of all the things, even the things I've forgotten about or didn't realize that I did or did inadvertently the secret sins as David calls them in the Old Testament? How could I ever know that I confessed all my sins and repented of all my sins? How could I ever know that I've done good enough? The fact is you couldn't know. You could never know. You, won't, you, you don't know the sins. I don't know the sins I've committed. I don't know the times I've offended God and offended others unwittingly. I don't know. Uh, All the things I've done wrong and I certainly have not done enough to to, to, to earn even the least of his favors. No sir, no sir there are some things that are so precious they can only be given, extended as a gift. If I was to do something to save Brother Hampton's life if he needed a kidney (laughs) he needed a kidney and he's going to die if he don't get a kidney and I said Brother Hampton they took my blood we're a match I'm going to give you one of my kidneys. He said, really? Thank you, Pastor. Let's see here. I got seven bucks. That's all I got. Hey, thank you so much. I'm going to say, keep your $7. Really? I'm going to give you a kidney and you're going to to offer me $7? Let me ask you a question. What are you going to offer God for his gift of eternal life now what did it cost him cost him the life of his only begotten son is that right what are you going to do give me a little tip no no you're going to offend him Listen to me, works salvation. Salvation by confirmation, salvation by baptism, salvation by a trip to Mecca, salvation by a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, salvation through the Pope, salvation through the Virgin Mary, salvation through any church or any religion or code of conduct is an insult to God the Father and the price that He paid for our salvation. He butchered His Son on a cross to purchase for us the gift of eternal life. Don't you spit in His face, don't you slight that gift. By presuming somehow you can be worthy. We're worthy. The gift of God is eternal life. All we can do is humbly receive it. Humbly receive it. How many of you know how to open Christmas presents? How many of you fit to be tied? You want to open some right now? How many of you are going to try to convince your parents to let you open one tonight? Just one tonight. All right. We know what a gift is. The most egregious demonstration of ingratitude is to realize that God the Father gave His Son, poured out His soul, shed His blood to pay for our sins, purchase for us eternal life in heaven. And we say, well, I don't know if I believe all that. How do you sign your checks? 12, 24, 23. What happened 2,300 years ago? On o Domingo in the year of our Lord. I'll tell you what happened. 300 prophecies were fulfilled when God became flesh and dwelt among men that he would be born in Bethlehem, uh, that he would go to the cross. And the psalmist said what he would cry out from the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That all of his bones would be out of his joint that he'd be scourged and furrows upon his back. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy was fulfilled in the coming of our our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, you still sign your checks acknowledging whether you realize or not, acknowledging that Jesus Christ was here and that he gave his life. Listen to me, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Pastor, Lord, do not spurn that expression of love. Do not spurn God's grace. Do not push Him away as though you do not you need Him, my friend. Oh, listen to me. Open your heart and say, thank you that you died for me. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I want this gift as my own. The gift of God is eternal life. You might be traveling through life with a band of people who on their merry way have had the touch of God, the opportunities that you have. But what you ought to do is go back, get on your knees and face, say thank you. If you have never recognized that Calvary was about you and your sins and that it was your lying and your cheating and your lust and your selfishness and your pride that was being paid for on that cross but that when it was paid for, it was paid in full. Amen. And thus eternal life was purchased for you. If you've never realized that, face that this morning, and I invite you to do what I did in 1979 in the spring of 1979 on Wednesday night, and I got down on my knees, and I said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your salvation and your forgiveness, and I want you to be my Savior, and I open my heart to you and receive your gift of eternal life. Hallelujah, Amen. I'm trying to live now to show them I'm grateful, but I'm glad it's mine. Would you bow your heads, please? Our heads are bowed.